Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Super Lady Hero Hour. We have an entire episode devoted to the Suicide Squad. I am Yael Teagle. I'm joined as always by KB. Hello. 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 Uh, super excited to be back. We've been on a bit of hiatus. Also still have the shows. Also, we needed it. So yay. But we're back to talk about the Suicide Squad. But first, there is just one bit of news that literally just came out a few minutes ago. And Chloe Bennett is out uh, of the Powerpuff Girls. So she will no longer uh, be a part of the project. She was supposed to be Blossom. That's not happening. As we know, they shot a pilot and the CW didn't pass, but they did ask them to reshoot the pilot. So I have no idea what this means, but if you guys have been watching this show, you know that I have not been super excited about this version. <laughs> um, I love the Powerpuff Girls, but like a live action was kind of iffy to me. Um, and so who knows with Chloe out, if she's gonna be replaced um, or if this pilot's even really moving ahead with the CW. Um, that being said, maybe it'll move ahead somewhere else. I have no idea, but how are you feeling, Yell? I know you were a bit more excited about this. <laughs> I am so excited about this Powerpuffs live action. I don't know why I'm so excited, um, but I this news is interesting. And I have a feeling that, I'm going to say it now, I have a feeling that this show is going to continue going through changes. Uh, we might get a whole new cast because we're definitely getting a whole new pilot. Um, and I don't foresee us seeing this show on the air for quite a few years. Um, I think we have some time before we ever get to see this. That's quite a few, quite a few years. Wow, that's a, aggressive. Um, but definitely not in the 2022 slot, I feel like, for sure. No. But a few years, I don't know, maybe in 2023, if the CW doesn't pass altogether. So it, I guess it we're makes me find think out. of Snowpiercer, which was. Oh, right. You know, mm -hmm. that show was being made for years before we got it. Um, it also switched networks, but technically when it switched networks, it was still underneath the same umbrella. Like it, um, you know, they were owned by the same company. So it wasn't like terribly hard to switch networks in that regard. Uh, but now, you know, they just finished filming another season of Snowpiercer. And so um, it seems to be doing well for that particular network. So cool. But yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea what's gonna happen with this. So here we are. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, you've joined us because you would love to know our thoughts on the Suicide Squad film, and it is time. We are here to discuss the highly anticipated film from director and writer James Gunn. So we will be chatting about the Suicide Squad. This is your full spoiler warning. If you have not seen it yet, then you can go to the theaters or hop on HBO Max um, and see it. But uh, you definitely probably want to watch it first before watching this because we're going to spoil it all. Now, I will say this is a standalone sequel. It's important to note a standalone sequel to the 2016 film. Um, did y'all already know the DCEU does like the most random things with its films <laughs> and the structure? Um, but here we are. So, Yell, how did you feel? I thought I'm waiting an eternity for this movie. How did you feel about the Suicide Squad? Um, you know, I really liked it. Uh, not surprising. 
I like gore. Um, I like uh, excitement. I like um, action. Uh, this was fun. I had a great time. I laughed. It was very funny. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed this. There, there wasn't anything that I was like, uh, there was one, there was one thing that I thought didn't need to happen, but otherwise everything was great. And genuinely the one thing I felt didn't need to happen was inconsequential. It was literally, uh, the, when Harley's in the pit and it says, meanwhile, Harley, that was the only <laughs> thing that I was like, that's unnecessary. He just set it up. He just set up. Meanwhile, Harley, and then, and then it was written for no reason. That's my only thing that I was like, I could have done without that. That's how good this movie was. Your um, only thing. That was my only thing. I loved this movie. I thought it was so fun. Um, I I thought it was beautiful. I thought you know everything about it was it's what I wanted. This is what I wanted. Um, what about you? How did you feel? So I actually really enjoyed the film. Um, I audibly laughed out loud like a few times uh, mm -hmm. because there were quite a few one-liners. Um, I will say, you know, in stark comparison, John Cena is actually hilarious in this film um, as Peacemaker. Like he actually has some of the best one-liners of the film. Uh, and not saying he's not a problematic character, but like almost all of them are problematic characters. <laughs> um, but he, he actually is really funny in this. Um, I would say, you know, this is clearly an Idris Elba film in the sense that like, it was very much Bloodsport's story and him, you know, kind of coming into the leader that, you know, he probably was always meant to be, but it was, um, it was good to see him kind of, you know, take, take the lead in this and run with it. Um, I will always say that like, you know, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn is really great casting. It has been since the very beginning. And I do appreciate Harley so much in them allowing her to really just kind of be Harley in every film that she's in. And this is no different. So I really liked that. Um, you know, I do think that we called it the amount of deaths were exceptionally high, literally from like moment uh, five, at the five minute mark, essentially. Um, and so, you know, we knew that that was going to happen. And uh, I I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I do think that like, soundtrack was um, uh, the costuming actually is really, really good. Yes. Um, it's like exceptional. I thought like, oh my gosh, these pieces look incredible. Um, and the storyline was like, not terribly hard to follow. Um, I do think that they had like some pockets where I was like, okay, y'all, now really what is going on? Because there were times where you were like, is this person like a good person? Are we still trying to over Like it was kind of hard. And I don't know that the kaiju being like the main threat um, really necessarily worked for me. Like the kaiju was interesting and, um, you know, definitely a mess. And of course, created by the American government, essentially like, Right. happens of course it's a cover-up um but i don't know i kind of wanted there to be another threat looming like sort of behind the kaiju i don't know but, yeah interesting um i agree with you i think that there was a lot there was a lot the 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 plot was a lot um because you know we literally start with two teams um and then and then we have to, then our team gets captured and we have to split and we have to go capture or save. And then we have to go to the main, 
you know, goal of where we were getting to, but to do that first, we have to pick up this other guy and then we get to where we're going. And it turns out that there's more to do here, a lot more. And then, you know, Starro has been, has been released. So yeah, there was a lot. Um, but it didn't feel, you know, there are some recent films that I've watched where I went, this is two hours. Um, and, and this didn't feel that way. This felt yeah. good and fun and exciting. And, you know, I, there was, I think, a death that surprised me. Um, and then, and that's about it. The rest of the deaths made sense. And then other deaths that did not stick that surprised me. Um, I would say that I was okay everyone's death except so I like really enjoy David in this role as Batman. I think that like he was such an interesting character in this that um, I kind of felt like he all of the trauma that he suffered and the way that he kind of internalized it, and then the way he utilized this, I'm going to say just in quotes, because obviously he was into being a superhero by the experiments that his mother did, which is magic and horrible. But um, apart from that, like the gifts, I don't know. Like he was funny, he was endearing, he had heart, he was empathetic. Like he just was like a good character to me, and I was really sad that he died. So I did not like that at all. But maybe there are two deaths I'm not okay with. So I was not okay with that one. I was like, dang, okay. And then, like, I felt like we got all the way. Like, we let Joel Kinnaman make it all the way. Like, uh, as Rick, we've seen him in the first one. Here is the second one. We made him go all the way. And then he died. I was like, oh. Kind of was just like, oh. Yeah, that was one of the surprises for me. Uh, and I literally said, oh, I guess he doesn't want to be in another one. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure that's not the, I'm pretty sure it's not it. Um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was just it's like, we've seen enough Rick flag in these, or I don't know. All that to say, you know, Peacemaker dies as well. <laughs> um, and we already know that his was going to be set in the past anyway. So, but, you know. But did you catch the post credit scene? So I catched Weasel in the post credit scene coming back to life. But not Peacemaker in the ho in the hospital? No. Mm -mm. Ah. So. I so guess I missed that one. <laughs> from, I mean, it was very difficult to tell who so it was. was. It the, so was it the second post credit scene? I guess, yeah. Oh, okay, because I only saw one post-credit scene. Oh so. yeah, so yeah, um, Peacemaker is not dead. Um, that said, okay. we knew that the show was supposed to take place in the past, so right. So I kind of was okay with him dying because I was like, well, right. it doesn't really matter because the show's taking place in the past and it's more of like an origin story. So I don't care if he lives or not. Was kind of how but, I felt. Right. But that happening, I mean, I was about to say that happening. There's potential for Rick Flag to show up in other properties if we're doing things that happened in the past. So it's not necessary that necessarily that Joel Kinnaman won't be in anything else. Sure. Was what I was about to say. But I mean, also since they're just bringing people back, he might come back either way. I mean, clearly because 
Also, I should say that, like, I didn't think Weasel was dead in the beginning. <laughs> so right. when that post-credit scene happened, I was like, oh, that makes sense, because I actually thought he was going to be alive a lot sooner. But also, that post-credit scene where Weasel comes back to life happens, like, five minutes after he died. So then I was like, well, where were you this whole time? Because... <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you make a great point. Um, that said, when Weasel died the first time, uh, I was like, man, the, James Gunn, isn't that your brother? <laughs> isn't that your brother that you just killed? Oh, well. Oh, I wow. mean, like, you know, uh, truly, truly, oh, well, I'm doing it for the sake of art. But also, he's still alive, so we are. But also, right. where, what happened to him? Because Amanda Waller and her team had that grid so locked down and all the training. So I'm like, I mean, I understood that they took him off the board, but like, just because they take you off the board, like, when you come back alive, he still has the tracker in him. So wouldn't that activate? I mean, in my mind, I was like, wouldn't it like reactivate? He is still alive. I mean, like, wouldn't it? But maybe not, I guess. I mean, I'm with you. I had the same thought. Um, I'm so glad somebody knocked uh, Amanda over the head. And talk some sense into her because she was really trying it. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I agree. Um, it, this one really showed how like evil she is. You know, like I feel like in the first movie we didn't really get. You know, she was mean, but this one was like, oh, she's heartless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know another person who's heartless that she reminds me of, and she reminds me of Cecil on Invincible. Because uh-huh. mostly they are all about protecting larger bodies. And those generally, those larger bodies are usually like whatever universe or country that they're in. So Amanda's all about protecting the American government mm-hmm. and its secrets. And sometimes it's people. But because those people were not Americans, she was like, I don't care. And so she's like, we can let them all die. And I was yeah. like, hmm, true colors shining through Amanda. Hmm. Yeah, I like that her team uh, had backbone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that was even after she, even after she got them uh, gambling and taking bets on who would die first. I'm like, surprised I... she wasn't part of that. Honestly, that right. feels like something she would do. It does. It does. Well, on one hand, it feels like something she would do, but on the other hand, it feels like something she would not do because she would not fraternize with those lower than her. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure she has her own, like, sheet where she's keeping track of her own thoughts. Yeah. Yes. She definitely has her own kill list. Yeah. Um, It's just she's not getting paid for them. So. Right. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about Harley for a bit. Um, Because in addition to this being a Bloodsport film, uh, there was a really nice whole storyline about Harley really, like, her growth and her ability to to save herself. Yes, you're laughing. What's what are your thoughts on Harley? I'm laughing because she has like one of the best one-liners of the film. Like when he starts to go off the rails and talks about killing children and she murders him and she said, "Listen, I promised myself when I saw any red flags that I would kill you." So, here we are. And I just thought this is the most ridiculous thing, but also so very Harley, because instead of her saying, you know, the moment I found out some red flags, I would leave the relationship. She said, no, if I find a red flag, you have to die. And that's just really only it. So like, she's not wrong. 
<laughs> she's yeah. like, this is it. If there's a red flag, you must die. And it immediately happened. And I was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> it was perfect. So you're right. I think they, they did his character justice because who knows if we're actually going to see Margot Robbie in another DCEU film. That's Harley Quinn, to be honest. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure she is invested in doing more Harley Quinn, whether it's a DCEU film or just a DC film. Yeah, I was about to say, I. it's not because of her lack of commitment. I know she wants to do it. I just don't necessarily know that we will be getting any, any more per se. Like the state of the DCEU to me is not very clear ever. And so I'm always like, what direction are we going in? Like, what are we doing next, et cetera. So I never assume that anything is coming next. The only thing I assume that's coming next is the Batman. You know, like, I'm like, these are things that are already shot that I can assume that's next. I right. can't assume anything else. So, and Peacemaker, because it's being shot right now. So, you know, right. it's like, these are things that I could assume. <laughs> like, um, Let's talk about the thinker. Uh, what did you think about this character and this iteration? Because if I understand correctly, this is the same thinker, the same character that we've met similarly on Flash, right? That was also the thinker. Was it? Yeah, the with the chair. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I think that they, I think it's a different character. Like on the TV show, they called their character something else. It was not the thinker. He wasn't the thinker? No, I think he, they gave him a different name, I okay. think, on The Flash. I don't know. Like, you know they don't connect the TV and the, the film anyway. No, right, but I, of course. But I don't think, I don't think, I think his name was something else. I remember who you're right. talking about. I think that they called him something else. Yeah. But anyway, I would say that the thinker here was much more of a pawn, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that, like, he was one of those characters that thought he had a lot of power, but essentially he did not. And he died. And he died because he didn't have as much power as I thought what he, he was going to. So, I mean, the actor did a great job, but I just think, like, really the true, the true killer was Starro, the Conqueror. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you were the scientist behind Starro, but like, you really don't have any power and you're really just taking your orders from the American government. Yeah, I um, I agree. I think that this character was, in my mind, underutilized. Um, the mm -hmm. actor, Peter Capaldi, is, he was the doctor in Doctor Who. He is like oh. a big deal. In my you know house. I don't watch Doctor. You know I don't watch Doctor Who, but I uh, know. Okay, he was and and before that, you know, he's done a lot of amazing things uh, in UK TV, and I I feel like he was underutilized for sure. Um, but also, if if I understood correctly, he's been torturing Starro, including having his way with Starro was a line that was said, and I was like, we're just gonna gloss right over this. Oh, I must have. <laughs> I may have cut out. I'm so sorry. You did for a little bit. It surprised me because I did not hear, not hear at all. So, um, 
I answered my question about uh, the thinker, and I was wrong. Yeah, not the same. No, but you are correct that the flash did have a thinker. But they are not the same, but they did have I thought they were Oh, okay. I only That's what we kept calling him Debo. So I never even knew it was from a they're not, yeah, they're not the same character. Okay. But they did have one, so you're right. Okay. Um, but what? Well, I can't believe this. Uh, I didn't even love that one. It was just so many I thought that would fix it. Just a little technical difficulty. All right, I will be right back. Uh -oh. Let's see if Carol can come back to us. Hopefully. Hello. Uh -oh. I think maybe she's coming back. Am I there back? There she is. You're okay. back. Awesome. Awesome. Um, All right, so let's let's rate it so that way we don't lose you again. Oh yes, okay, um, good call. Uh, for those who are new to Super Lady Hero Hour, we rate everything on a scale from poop to kittens. Uh, KB, what are you rating this? Yeah, I'm giving it a kitten. You know, I had a fun time. Um, the story is a lot though. <laughs> There's a lot. I do kind of feel like like. I don't know, maybe a third of the plot could have been like reworked or maybe taken out because we didn't need so much stuff. Um, but I do appreciate that the characters that remained got their own backstory because we did get to find out more about Rick Flagg. We did get to find out more about Harley. We did, you know, see a little bit of growth. We did understand blood, uh, blood sports story through and through. Even Polka Dot Man, you know, got shine, you know, yeah. Peacemaker, we learned a little bit. Um, King Shark, hilarious, also with some one-liners there too. And you think, when you think King Shark is dead, nope, he's always coming back for you. So um, yeah, I was like, overall, I think that, I think that they assembled a really good team of actors who played very well off of each other. And again, the costuming and the music unmatched. Like, I was like, oh yes hands down visually. It was very aesthetically pleasing. And, you know, the big action sequences really took a lot of risks. And so I think that it was a really good job. What about you? How are you rating it? Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I loved this. I had so much fun. Um, I honestly am looking forward to seeing it a second time and probably more than that, which is something I haven't been doing recently, watching movies a second time. So I'm excited. I'm giving this kitten for sure. Um, I, it was funny. It was so funny. The action was great. The gore was like really gory in a, in clever ways. I, it's a weird thing. I like, if you're going to do something gory, do it in a unique way, do something fun. Um, I, yeah, all of the characters that we got to play with, even for just a little bit was fun. You know, Mongol was clearly, uh, clearly not surviving the first scene since she didn't say anything until her one sentence and then died. Um, I think Nathan Fillion was, you know, a fun cameo. Uh, I would also say Pete Davidson was a fun cameo. Um, but really like the characters we got to play with, as you said, polka dots, um, 
and uh, Rat Girl, uh, Rat Catcher too. Rat Catcher. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed those characters a lot. Um, and, you know, even Weasel was interesting. So, um, yeah, Kitten for me, I will be watching this movie again for sure. All right. So let's get into our segment. Let's first chat about who the performer of this particular week and this film was for you. Who stood out the most? Um, honestly, I'm giving it to Harley Quinn. Um, I think that, you know, although it feels like each movie is not, uh, each movie that she has been in, that Margot Robbie has been in, that she, the writers are not looking at the previous properties but it mm -hmm. feels like Margot herself is keeping in her head everything about what has happened to Harley. And she is making sure that even though these are not related, she is keeping it consistent. Um, and I think that that is such an amazing skill. So I'm giving it to Harley Quinn. What about you? Yeah, so it's going to be a bit of a three-way tie for me. So one, I think Idris Elba did a fantastic job as Bloodsport. Um, I just think that, like, you know, it was funny, endearing. You were mad at him. Uh, he was rude. You know, uh, he was still dealing with all the trauma that his father brought on him. And I just think he did fantastic. Um, I'm also going to second Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I always think she does a great job. And I do think, to your point, she's very conscious of the journey that Harley has been on in these films. And she brings elements of each film to each new performance, which is exceptional. Um, and I enjoy every single time. And Harley is always someone that you can count on, Margot specifically, to deliver kind of these one-liners in a way that uh, <laughs> no one else can. Yeah. Um, and so I always enjoy that. Um, then my last person in the three-way tie, it's gonna go to Ratcatcher 2. I actually enjoyed how loving this character is. Yeah. So it's interesting because, um, like no one is thinking about Rhett Catcher kind of having the level of empathy and love and heart that she ends up having, but she does. And it's exceptional. And I think it comes across well and it's necessary on the team. And she helps Bloodsport and everyone really kind of realize different versions and elements of themselves kind of rooted in love. And while she had a very traumatic childhood and Taika Waititi is her father for 3.5 seconds in it, while she has like this, you know, like a very tragic kind of origin story, she recognizes that her father did the best that he could. And she's mm -hmm. appreciative kind of of all that he gave her in that short amount of time that they had that they had together. And she's taken that with her kind of everywhere she's been. So I enjoyed kind of the layers that she added to the film as well. Um, I just thought it was really nice to kind of have someone who was like that. And so um, shout out to Daniela. Um, Melchor, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that last name correctly, so apologies, but shout out to Daniela for just being um, the heart of the team in this Absolutely. in this iteration, so love that. I totally agree, uh, she did great. Um, all right, let's talk about our style icon. Um, I know exactly where I'm going with this, but what about you, who is your style icon? I loved all the style, to be quite honest, in this film. I really think that, like, the costuming is bomb. Um, I think that the dress that Harley's, you know, five-minute lover 
um, gives her that red dress is amazing. And I absolutely adored it from top to bottom. I think that was probably one of my favorite looks. Um, I guess really the only costume, and honestly, this is gonna be petty. The only costume I really didn't like was rat catchers, but it's mostly because it's like a functional suit for the rats. So like, and also all those rats were creeping me out. So like, I kind of was just like, no, I just like, no. I thought it was good, and the costume was good too. You know, even though he's a giant tool, um, and so you know, I think we had some good costumes. Uh oh, I'm back. You're back. Okay, give us your costumes. We got to wrap this up so we can keep you. Um, I I'm going with uh. Harley's dress, but after she breaks out, when she like makes one side shorter, um, okay. that's that's the moment when I went. This is a costume I would wear. This is I'm gonna cosplay this a hundred percent. Yeah, but I did love when she first appeared in like a Harley Quinn outfit. Um, mm -hmm. That was a really fun nod. But the dress is what won it for me. Yeah, the dress is exceptional. All right, and lastly, OMG moment of the film for you where are you giving it oh wow um there's so many i th um oh wow i need a minute go go first i need a minute um i think for me it was mostly when like star wars star row started releasing his kids or offspring or pieces of himself because they did say it wasn't offspring it was just extensions of himself mm -hmm. um onto like the general public and it started like breaking people's brains apart and attacking their like i think that that was the most jarring for me like those starfish were exceptionally deadly but it was weird because everyone's death looks different or like how it's happening um, and sometimes it was exceptionally violent and sometimes it was just like okay we finally controlled your mind uh, and then, you know, the team get violent because they would shoot them or do other things. And I was like, this is a lot, it's a lot. Um, so yes, but then two, I guess my, um, my next one would go to when they went inside of, of Star Wars. <laughs> that was like, what is happening? And this is so gross. Like, so yes, that was my second one. All right. Um... I think, uh, her, um, okay, I think I have a, I have a few, um, and they're all bloody. So uh, when Amanda Waller explodes Savant's head. Uh, in the oh my gosh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and then when uh, Harley shoots uh, the guy for the red her. flag. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones. I would also say the jet when she runs in with the javelin because you're right. Inside that was so gross, but it was yeah. it was very clear that that's what was going to happen. Yeah. Oh, I understand the purpose of why I have this javelin now. And then I was like, Oh no, here we go. I know it's about <laughs> yeah. to get gross. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. That's it. That's our thoughts on the Suicide Squad. What a journey. Well, yell until next time, where can everyone find you? What are you up to next? Um, I am everywhere on the internet at Yell Teagle. That is Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. Oh, let me remove that so you can read it. Um, I'm also 
uh, on uh, Saturdays and Sundays, you can find new episodes of the official Leverage Redemption After Show, a very distinctive podcast on the Electric Now app. Um, also later today, I have my show with the Hollywood Critics Association called Hollywood Approved, uh, where we discuss the latest things that we watched. And then we fan cast. So today we're fan casting Legally Blonde. Uh, so please Ooh. join us for that. Uh, at three o'clock Pacific, six o'clock Eastern. Until next time, KB, where are you and what are you up to? Yeah, I'm everywhere at the Lady KB. That's T H E L A D Y K A Y B. Um, later this week, I'll be dropping my chat with Jennifer Hudson and Marlon Wayans about Respect, which is the new um, Aretha Franklin film that will be out in theaters this Friday. So it will be out this week. Um, they are a delightful pair. And so super, super excited about that. Uh, so just keep your eye open for that coming this week. And I also had some fun, fun chats earlier this week um, for some content that's about to come out. So the He's All That uh, remake of the She's All That movie will be out here shortly. So I'll have content coming for that um, over the next two weeks. Uh, and then uh, I also got an opportunity, if you missed it, to talk to Paris Hilton about this new cooking show that she has on Netflix called Cooking with Paris. She's actually super fun. Um, a lot of people don't realize she is a huge tomboy. I just think because of her outward persona. Um, but she is like definitely more of an introvert, tomboy, nerd type. So um, it was really nice to chat with her about her cooking show. Her cooking show is actually pretty funny. She has a lot of different guests on there. And um, Saweetie is one of them. And if you haven't heard, she has this new deal with McDonald's where she has these meals out. So maybe watch her episode where she makes her famous tacos uh, on Cooking with Paris out on Netflix now. So Awesome. That's it for us. And we will see you next time. Bye, everybody.